From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Hour two, here we are. The Big Wild Outdoors, Braden Gunn, Bill George. Beautiful Saturday. Thank you so much for getting up and hanging out with us a little bit this morning. Remember, if you ever miss any portion of the show, you can always go to bigandwild.com and uh, click on the past shows button. Or if you want to, you can go and follow us on Stitcher or iHeart or uh, Apple, any of those ones like that where you can find the podcast and carry us in your pocket all the way around. Uh, I know Jonathan, uh, he keeps sending me messages. They're listening up there in Bluntstown. They're listening online, which you can do, live and in person out there uh, and do all that kind of good stuff. And uh, if you ever hear anything on a past show and you want to comment or anything like that, we do have email addresses. So, you know, I mean, you just go to Big and Wild, uh, Braden at BigandWild.com, and uh, Jonathan at BigandWild.com, Bill at BigandWild.com. Uh, I'm B. George. Yeah, are you? Because you always want to be George. Oh, my gosh. This had to be difficult. <laughs> so, or bgeorge at uh, bigandwild.com and, uh, if you want to do that. And uh, we get those occasionally, and sometimes we can read them on the air. Sometimes we can't because let's just say they agree with us with their own language. <laughs> so it's like, those blinking-a-blink-blinks and blinking-a-blink-a-blink, and, blink, and, and you're like, yeah, I can't read this on the radio. So, uh, But before well, the uh, break, we were talking about the uh, meetings and the things that are going on still in Tampa Bay. And uh, before we get back in it, let me just ask you this right off the bat. Because I'm hearing different things. Talking with Captain Mike, Kevin, uh, Pollard, all those ones like that. Everybody's leaning. For a while there, they were all going, oh, they're going to open it back up. They're going to open it back up. They're going to open it back up. Then we had the spill thing, and they're like, mm, I'm not so sure anymore now. Well, I'm not so sure. So where do you where where is your finger on the pulse of the well everything up until piney point they were going to open tampa bay back up okay because it is the right thing to do and it is still the right thing to do um legality wise they they better open it up okay um there the the piney point stuff once again do you see any massive fish kills no okay there's no immediate thing Causing a need for emergency executive orders. We do not need to be managing. And that's my that's my big thing. Three years under executive order is wrong. If you want to turn around and sell, close something for a month or two, that's, that's where you get into executive order. But when you start turn around and start making something go from short term, which to me is, a, is less than a year, short term, less than a year, to long term, three years, you better go through legal rulemaking process to make those changes. You mean kind of like uh, we only have to wear the mask for a couple of weeks and then a couple oh, of months? Oh, yeah, two then, weeks uh, flat in the curve. Yeah, flat in the curve. And then we're back to where we used to be. We're all good. So, But now the thing that I'm hearing these days, 
One, you hear a lot of people screaming and yelling, you can't open it up because of the massive amounts of human beings and boats that are now traipsing across Tampa Bay and decimating the uh, fishing population because of COVID. You have so many more people on the water who and, are fishing. And do you believe that? No, because I see I it. Do. I, I do. I do. Yeah, but they're not all fishing. You know, I see more jet skis. I see more people out doing uh, oh, tours and sunsets. Yes, they're all they're all recreating on the water. But I do believe the license sales are up. Okay? Yes, they are because there was nothing, and that's in freshwater too. But you don't see it's people across the board. You don't see people screaming. You know, I got to close Menard Park. You got to close. Uh, you know, uh, Tenerock. There's just too many people here fishing. I mean, you know, no, but you, you, you don't, don't have. That. Uh, and there is, like I said before, an organized group of people who are very tied to the leadership chain through FWC that are very vocal and very active. Okay? And, and you know, that group tends to have a lot of charter captains in it. Okay? Do not make it be all charter captains. We all know captains who are hurting and losing opportunity because some of their clientele want, want to keep, to a, keep fish. a few fish. Yeah, they're not looking to go decimate the population, but they want to go take a few fish. Okay, and then you have other captains who truly they yeah go catch some fish, but I want to protect my breeders, and the, we need to be protecting our, the breeding fish to ensure a long term stable population. Which, which fish? Which, which fish do we get to keep that a breeder size? Well, we can only they let's say any trout over nineteen inches. They they don't want any trout over twenty inches caught. Okay, or well, kept or kept. But now you, with the new regulations, we can keep one per vessel unless you're wade fishing. Then it's one per person over nineteen inches. So we have significantly reduced that if you are fishing by boat to only being allowed one. Once again, who caught it? Who broke the rule? Who who are you citing? Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. Uh, let that try and go through the legal system and and see who gets prosecuted for what. But you know, we have a slot limit on reds. We have a slot on snook. Right now, I think it's like ninety percent of all snook are not in the slot. So our release rate is ninety percent. Then you take the number of people who are out there just for catch and release because that's what they choose to do. That 90%, you're, you're even, let's say only half the people who could catch one in the slot, keep it, okay? Most of, your, most of your people, you know, that just go out there and catch snook, they're not looking to keep a bunch of snook. They may keep one now and then, but... Everybody should have that right to keep it, and we are protecting those breeders. Well, I I, I look at it this way. I, I I've heard every excuse in the world. Uh, now that you have Piney Point, you know you have that excuse, and you have the uh, you know COVID excuse, and then you have the uh, the the possibility of a of a of a catastrophic red tide uh, because of the Piney Point excuse, and so it's like. It's like they're grabbing for straws as a way to hold on to the narrative to keep everything closed. Oh, and remind you of somebody. Yeah, well, I mean, they're just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and it seems like they just keep 
grabbing for this or grabbing for that and saying, well, there's just too many of this and too many of that. And, and then it's, well, look at the population growth over the uh, all the people leaving out of New York uh, that are now moving into the Bay Area look and all at this the other population stuff. growth and the number of guides. Maybe we should uh, okay, we shouldn't have more than thirty guides on Tampa Bay at any given time. I, I got into it with a guy on social media, and I, I I said, you know what? Here's here's the perfect plan. Here's what we do. Let's see if you go with this one. When you go and you go and you get your drivers, uh, when you get your fishing license. You like a quota hunt or anything else like that. When you put in for it, you get to pick a time for when you get to go fish. You get four hours. You get three days out of the week. Weekends are completely closed. No fishing on Saturday or Sunday. So you get those are for the boat boat th- wreck. Strictly people. for recreation. Uh, that's all you can do. You can't put a line or a hook in the water at all on Saturday and Sunday. You get three days out of the week. Pick once, you know, you like you apply for a gator tag. Which lakes do you want to go? So you pick your days, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, or Wednesday, Thursday, whatever. And then you try to pick your time slot for when you want to do your fishing. From and hope 10 to that 2. everybody else hasn't picked all those time exactly. slots. Exactly. And then when you get your time slot, that's when you get to go fish. And that's then, of course, then when you're done, you're done, and you walk away, and then the next guy gets to go out because his time starts. That let's sounds, make it. Let's that make, sounds so simple. It, it is. It's simple as easy. <laughs> Can't fish on Saturday and Sunday. Bill George, you're allowed uh, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. I got Tuesdays. Go to church. Yeah, you're all good. Well, of course they didn't like that idea. All right, we're gonna take a break. Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by Brandon Ford. Thank you so much. Give us a call if you want to. Triple eight four zero four ten ten. Triple eight four zero four ten ten. Big and Wild Outdoors, Braden Gunn, Bill George, in the studio today, hanging out with you on this beautiful Saturday morning. Uh, it's going to be a nice one, maybe about a 25% chance for rain, but nothing else is going to be going on too much, it seems. Oh, sure. Now Gina's going to call and complain. Good morning, Gene. How are you? Hey, bud. How you doing? Ah, we're hanging in out here with Bill George. How much better can Bill, it be? Bill, Bill, Bill's got some good ideas. Well, you know, the man has been uh, battling uh, for us on the good side of the tracks for quite some time. There's uh, no doubt. You know, I was just looking at my uh, my Florida saltwater fishing license with the uh, picture of a big mouth bass on it. What does mine have but, on it? Uh, Has mine got a bass? No, mine's got a bass and a uh, sailfish. Okay. Yeah, I got the hard one. But uh, I just wonder, who do I apply to to get my money back for the snook permit? That I've been able to use for three years. Well, sir, you that, you check out that, that little box that says all sales are final. Da yeah, da da da. That's and you true. agreed to it. Uh, yeah, uh, but you know, I would call that deceit or perhaps fraud, because if you cannot produce something, that's a deceitful sale. Should I bill it to the state of Florida or the Tampa Bay guy fishing fishing guy? Well, it. it I would I would turn around and I would write that in a public comment to commissioners at myfwc.com 
And the thing is, if it is closed rightfully, if we had a true catastrophic, you know, let's go back to the big freeze we had many years ago. Nobody could debate whether or not that was, was devastating to our snook population, okay? We needed to do a closure at that point. Yes, we did. Okay. And nobody disagreed with it. But the no, data. We were picking them out of the canal, Brady. Oh, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's illegal. That's illegal, sir. Sir, sir. That's illegal. Do not admit that to that. The, the statute of limitations. <laughs> Plus, it was not illegal back then. It was. No, it wasn't. It actually wasn't. No, they it wasn't. If you could dip it out with a dip net. That's right. It was legal. As long as well, you didn't put a hook in it. Out. As long as you didn't put a hook in it, it was legal, bro. Okay. But the thing is, this is not due. The data has shown they should have been open a long time ago. And I would say you actually have a good case. I would say that a group like Morgan and Morgan or somebody who actually, if they were to go and sue the state on behalf of the people, they could get them on the fact that they denied the public right to due process and that there was a closure and they were selling a license for something that they say you can't keep. Now they're going to tell you you're more than welcome to drive on the other side of the state where it is open. Sure. You can go somewhere yeah, else and catch them. Ain't that good though, man. You know, Sebastian Inlet and Everglades <laughs> city or I can make it to Andy Potter's pier, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, it's that's a long haul. Yeah, well, you know what? You can go to Pasco. I mean, there's no excuse, no, sir. It's, it's, it's been closed in Pasco, too. Yeah, the well, above went- the line, you know, you can go up there, catch some trout. You'd be fine. Or, you know what? I, I love the one that everybody always gives you when you're online is, well, why don't you get off your butt and just go catch some grouper or some sheep's head or, uh, you know, go out there open. So go out there. and it's like They assume that everybody has a boat, you know, that's capable of going offshore. And or, they're not. And, uh, you know, they, they assume that uh, you could just go out and catch flounder and, uh, and sheep's head. I've never head. caught a sheep head or a flounder on a Bagley's finger mullet in my life. No, no, not me either. Caught a gaff top sail cat, but no. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but, but the key thing is we need people like yourself to actually write the commissioners and say, hey, this, this is what needs to happen. There's also the survey that they have about the short-term management options. We should not be doing short-term management options. Management is a long-term thing, and we should open back up if they want to readdress the rules and regulations, do that through the rulemaking process, not through executive order where you are denying the people right to due process. Well, you've just basically taken, you know, spotted sea trout is probably the most common fish for the average guy to go catch and eat, and you've denied that. How long has the closure been in effect now, Bill? Uh, Two, when when it gets back for snook, it will be three years. For, for trout, it's going to be like two and a quarter because they didn't. They did initially close trout down. Yeah. What what the reasoning was when they closed trout was they closed snook and redfish because that's what certain group asked them to close. And then after they did that, then they said, oh, because snook and uh, redfish are closed, everybody's targeting trout. Please close trout, too. And so then they came back and they closed trout. But you notice they haven't said anything about... uh 
uh, when it comes to sheep's head or anything else that they tell you Listen. to go and catch. Because we've said this here on the show. When you do that and you eliminate a species and you put more pressure on the other species, I've heard captains this week, uh, some on the radio, sitting there talking about, oh, we went out and slayed the sheep's head this way. You know, I had some clients wanting to keep fish, so we went out and caught a bunch of sheep's head and went out here and caught a bunch of uh, mango snapper and caught all Listen. Well, now you've put more. There is no pressure on snook except to catch them and let them go. There is no pressure on trout except to catch them and let them go. Same thing with redfish. But those other species, or they're, put, they're, they're putting, getting hammered. They're putting pressure on them to keep them. So, so if you don't, if you don't, it's th- like a buffet. <laughs> if you walk up there and you got you got prime rib, you got steak, you got roast, you got all this stuff. You can't touch that. But you can come down here and have all the chicken and mashed potatoes you want. There ain't gonna be too much chicken and mashed potatoes left. That's all you can eat. Well, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, the heat goes somewhere else. You're absolutely right. Yeah, but I think mainly more than anything else, I think you just disenfranchised a lot of people. Just got disgusted and said, "The heck with it," you know. Well, and, yeah, yeah. A lot of people have gotten frustrated to the point where I mean, uh, my buddy JJ sold his flats boat. Said, "Screw this. As long as it's closed." Tony Cercello uh, sold all his boats. Hey. He's no. like, you know what? I'm no. I'm heading offshore. Now's you know? a good time to get a premium for one. But, you know, all these people that say, well, you can, if you really want to go catch fish and eat it, you can, you can take a sail cat, you know? Sure. And it's like, okay, well, if you're chartering people, why don't you charter them for a sail cat? Exactly. Go target exactly. sail cats. Drag a piece of rotten squid down through that hole, and I guarantee you your people will catch a lot of fish all day long. Sure. Yeah. You know what? Go, go for pinfish, man. Fill a boat with pinfish. It's the brim of the sea. Go for it. They're delicious. Really, for, for a guy like Tony, though, to sell all his boats, I mean, this guy, he, he the guy hunts with falcons, man. I mean, this guy's the ultimate outdoor. He tied a pompano nymph. He invented a pompano nymph, you know, just so he could catch pompano on a fly rod. And the guy's diehard outdoorsman. And he just sold all his boats. He just got disgusted. He, he cast nets for mullet, and that's it, you know? <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I think people like that just so disgusted with us. I think the there's board. a lot of people who've been uh, disenfranchised with uh, fishing, and they're and they're either doing the you know I'm done with it, or when it when it gets opened back up again, then maybe we'll go and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, well, well, Gino, next month in the middle of the month, commission meeting in Miami. Come on down. <laughs> Come no on down. He's not going to go down there, but you can put in your comments, and that's what I did, and I've I've put in my two cents more than once. And hey, uh, it's just that anybody that knows anything knows that this was basically achieved by a very limited group of people. And I, I like your concept too: limit the guides to times, amount. Um, you know, remember when commercial fishing all of a sudden they made it tight to have a commercial license. People couldn't sell grouper at the back of restaurants anymore. Sure. You know, do something like that with the guys, man. You know, you want to do it, you're going to have to serve a sentence. You're going to have to limit. You're going to have to look out and police your own. Well, one of the things that was was brought up with the um, recreational people was how rude some of the guys were. They'd be in working fish, and then all of a sudden, some of these big-name guides come barreling on in like they own the place, and, and and look at you like you're offending them that you were there at their spot. Yeah. Well, I think there's a certain <laughs> ego that gets to that point. I know uh, uh, Gino and I and anybody else who grew up around Riviera Bay or on the backside of Wheaton Island, all that stuff, we've experienced that, you know. 
I don't know how many times uh, I've been out fishing with my buddy JJ. Somebody comes roaring around the corner, starts throwing, uh, you know, minnows and stuff out there, trying to spoon up and get all these snook feeding. And uh, all of a sudden they keep drifting over to you, and you're like, dude, do you not see us here? And they're like, yeah, well, you know, this is a spot. I'm, I'm chumming them up, so these are for, you know, me and my clients. Not I'm not chumming these up for you. And then it's time to bring a deck of cards and a six pack and some sandwiches if you're going to get that close. Well, you know, I, I, mean? you know I, I don't know how many times I've had my boy, you know, sit there and go, look, man, I grew up here. This, Roman you're, 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 candles. You're the, you're the guy who's, uh, you know, encroaching on my spot. Roman <laughs> so, candles. Roman if candles. you get within the distance of Roman candle flings, <laughs> you're too close. Used to be a two ounce pyramid weight, but you can chunk those pretty far. <laughs> Roman yeah, candle. That get that close just fire your anchor up and down about six times just in the water to uh, <laughs> awaken everything yeah <laughs> flush I'm your engine yeah flush <laughs> flush your engine flush your engine while you're there you know you gotta fire it up and run it reverse a few times and make sure you know you're all flushed and cleaned out yeah you tell oh. them well you're chumming it up but they were here before you came you just don't run them out no chum, man. yeah need no chum. well i just make sure that you uh put in your two cents worth and uh uh, keep your eyes out for uh, a notice in the newspaper for a class action lawsuit <laughs> kind of thing. I mean, I'm where everybody can get their uh, 50 bucks back or whatever. I mean, it's 10 bucks a year. You know what I mean? So, well, you know, for, for me, it's a sportsman's it's a sportsman's license every year. So I try to cover the gambit. So well, I tell you, I told the executive director, I read him a, co- uh, a comment from somebody who had sent it in about the fact that they turned around and they used to buy a sportsman's license when they didn't do much hunting in the state of Florida. They didn't go down and do lobster. They did, but they bought the sportsman's license every year. That's what I do. And now they've given up on that. They bought the recreational fishing license only, and that's all they bought because FWC is not looking out after the recreational person. Well, that was my mentality. Uh, you know, I don't go down to go lobster for many. I don't go do this. I'm not always out doing that kind of stuff. But I support it. And if my dollars that I get when I get the sportsman's license helps them out in the long run, then I'm trying to be supportive of that. You know what I'm saying? But so, this, this particular person stopped that because they felt, after all this time, that they were not actually doing stuff that was supporting them. Right. Yes, you may be supporting something, but you weren't you were no longer supporting that recreational group. Well, I and think, so they quit. I think that if a lot of people, a couple of hundred thousand people in the Tampa Bay area, when they went to renew their fishing license, just got a, you know, saltwater fishing license and that's it. I think it would send a pretty powerful Why message. Why even get a fishing license if you don't intend to keep them? Yeah, you can get a shore. I'm, I, I'm only testing lures. It's not fishing. I'm I can't testing. help it if they bit I'm it. T- uh, yeah, anything that get, jumps on, I'll I, I'll turn loose. I'll turn it loose. I promise. That's there's your plan, Gene. Yeah, well, you guys keep fighting the good fight. My hats off to y'all. you. You too. All right, appreciate it. Go get me some pompano. Right, I need a couple of pompano, Gene. Go catch a couple. Will you? Is he gone? Oh, he's oh, he's right there. All right, we're going to take a break. Sorry. Okay. All right, we're going to take a fast one. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be back.
Hey, hey, happy, happy, happy Saturday. Big and Wild Outdoors, Brayden Gunn, Bill George, Diego here at the studio hanging out with you this Saturday morning. Before we get off on some tangent, uh, I wanted to say uh, to Bill George, just the numbers came out just about three or four days ago. Just wanted to say congratulations for your home state of Pennsylvania for setting a new uh, deer hunting record. They, they you had to push a button there. I know you're lazy and you're used to being over oh, on I'm the other side. Be, I'm sitting in a different seat. You're not used you know? to pushing your own button. But, uh, yeah, they did extremely well this year. And uh, I guess it was thanks to you because I think you got like well, what? I did my part. I think you got like 90% of them, so it was pretty good. Uh, 2021 harvest of 435,180 deer. Topped the previous record, uh, which was the previous year. 389,431 included in that number were an estimated 174,780 bucks, a brand new state record for you boys up there in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I got me a nice eight point, you know. That's uh, not too bad. And uh, you along with uh, 174,779 people. (laughs) Well, I I tell you. It's nice to know you're amongst that number, isn't it? Pennsylvania, for a non-resident, is one of the most economical states, in my opinion, to go hunt. How much does it cost for a non-res? Hunting license, $102. That's cheap. That's cheaper than Missouri. That gives you small game. That gives you a fall turkey, a spring gobbler, and a deer buck tag. Okay. So all the seasons you can hunt for a hundred and some change. Yeah, well, it, it, you if you want a bear, bear tag, you have to buy a bear tag. And, How much is a bear tag? Fifty uh, bucks. No, hundred it, bucks. It, it, it's less than a hundred. Well, that's still a good deal. Okay, but you can go there and and hunt very. Ri- my gas to get there is way more than my license. Okay. <laughs> It, it, compared to somebody who's coming to the state of Florida to try and kill a spring gobbler. Or go to Iowa. Uh, uh, over $100 just for the turkey tag. Sure. Now, they they are getting a premium for that turkey tag, you know, because of everybody who wants to come here to get their. Because it's the only place in the world. You to get, get your Osceola. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you turn around and, you know. Hundred and two bucks, very reasonable. That's so, extremely. I think now, the, my I, second gobbler tag cost me fifty dollars, like fifty two dollars. So half my license costs of my original license just to get one extra turkey if I can get it. An Easter. An Easter. That nah, ain't worth it. Oh, it's worth it. No, nah, it ain't. You can go to Georgia, get one man a lot cheaper for that. <laughs> but but anyway, congratulations to your home state for uh, their new record, uh it's uh, crazy to think that I think if you added up the numbers of the deer that were taken over the last two years alone up in Pennsylvania, if you look at it, um, you're well over mm, almost uh, a million deer in two years just out of Pennsylvania alone. It would be interesting to see what the estimates would be for Florida. They haven't come out with it yet to see what the deer estimate is because they don't know there's no tag system you know per se in florida there is a tag system well where it's fairly new so you know it's you know it's one of those things where you might get a rough estimate well uh, of a hundred thousand or so deer that might have been 
tagged what, and, and actually reported in the state of Florida. What I'm real interested to see is now we have a reporting system. We've had it in for two seasons now. First season, a little rough coming out the gate because they put something in place. Second season, much easier, much easier to report, much easier to do that type of stuff. So I'm real curious to see how the reporting and the estimates based upon the mandatory report compare to what was happening in years past. Well, when do you think the state of Florida will have those numbers available for us to go and find, seek, and get from the FWC? Chuck is part of the deer management team, and those type of numbers are thrown around there just as as what they are and and. I'm I'm sure he would know. He's probably out turkey hunting somewhere today. Yeah, he is. Um, you know, he's he guides all over the place turkey hunting, so he's probably out on a weekend. You know, it's so funny when you bring up Chuck. I, I love to, I, of course, I follow him on social media, and when somebody starts jumping him, you know, and they use the words, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's just one of those things where I just want to go, dude. Do you not know who you're talking to? Obviously, you don't know who you're talking to. (laughs) I mean, mean, the guy has been in deer management for quite a long time in the state of Florida and uh, uh, turkeys and everything else as well. But um, also, I I heard a report out of New York, and I read it because I know the states have different rules for different things and stuff, but I figured that when it comes to youth hunting, that pretty much it was blanket across the country that if you were below a certain age that you were not required to have a license or, you know, that kind of thing. No, that's not true. What about in Pennsylvania if you're under you, 16? You need a license. Heck yeah. If you're under the age of 16, you have to have a license? It used to be before you were able to get a license, you couldn't hunt, okay? You could go uh, sit in the woods. You could go you, sit in the woods all day yeah. long, but you could not actually harvest an animal. And now that has changed, you have what's called like a youth mentor license you, uh, or thing where you can go out there and mentor that youth and start doing that. We have it here but, in Florida. But I think uh, at age 12, I think it was that you actually had to start having a license. Well, now, uh, the reason why I brought that up is because that's the number. Uh, New York has just lowered the age for deer and bear up in New York to 12. And I thought to myself, man, I thought that was always available for kids, but you know, different States, different rules. I, you know, I just, I'm sorry. I assumed that, uh, you know, when they're out there hunting with uh, grandpa or dad or uncle Jim or whatever it is that, uh, that they were allowed to shoot a deer or uh, shoot a bear, but apparently not. No, no. you think about that. It's 2021, and they're just now getting to the age group where you well, can go out and shoot a deer. There, there is discussion here in the state of Florida to start charging uh, seniors and potentially youth a minor um, fee to hunt and fish in the state of Florida. Because okay. of what? Well, the, the, the reason being is, is this. Where, where's all that Pittman-Robinson money come from? That we get in this state. What's it tied to? Just about everything in the outdoors. I mean, but, uh, but what's it, what's our portion that comes to us tied to? Licensing and uh, licensing. Yeah. So if we turned around, and I think it's like 
the number I keep hearing is maybe three, three dollars and fifty cents that we have to charge for a license. For if anybody we, over the age of sixty five. If we charge you no know, if, if 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 the people over sixty five instead of getting it free are charged three dollars and fifty cents, then that number gets added to our reporting number to the feds for matching Pittman Robinson money. Oh, I see. So we may charge you $3.50, but we're going to get a lot more money back from the feds because we have more licensed fishermen or hunters in this state. That sounds good on paper, but it always scares me when you say you're getting more money from the feds because you want to know where that money is going Two. Correct. But but it it comes into the state for doing different things. Yeah, but is it going to the but, National Wildlife uh, Federation? Is it going to uh you know protect the Everglades? Is it going to uh it goes to make a national wildlife where you can't hunt or fish or do anything it, in it there? It does all of the above. But but the key thing is what we have no clue of is you know how when you pass a semi, it's there's what's called a blinder area where he can't see your car yeah, blind if spot. you stay yeah. in that blind spot well our blind spot in our data is anybody who's youth and anybody who's senior so if you're not in that middle section fwc can't do any accurate assessments on what your pressure is that you're putting on it how many hunters do we have that are youth and senior we don't know we have no clue okay how many youth fishermen are there? How many? Well, we know we have tons of seniors out there fishing. And tons of kids. But we have no clue how. But what's And that's little- why when they went to, like, the reef fish survey, per, yeah, that, yeah. there are no exemptions from that. You may not have to pay for a license, but there is no exemption for that permit. Yeah, and it's free. It's free. Yeah. But So, wait, now, what if they did, like, a free... Uh, a free license. Then, have to be then a, you don't get the matching funds from uh, the feds. So there has to be a cost involved. Yes, the, and that that's like a three dollar three fifty or something like that cost. If you're under the age of sixteen, it'd be two bucks. Three dollars and fifty cents. Why not two dollars? Because then we won't get the matching funds. Every kid can come up with two bucks. Three fifty is a little tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got three bucks. See, Diego doesn't even have three dollars. You got 20? Oh. Oh, you're telling me 20 seconds. Oh, okay, I got it. All right, we're going to take a break. It is the Big Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. It is the Big Wild Outdoors. Fred Gunn, Bill George, Diego. If you don't know, Jonathan's up uh, killing some pigs. Got some clients in this weekend up in Blunchtown. Oh, he's, up there he's sitting on the couch eating bonbons. Don't let him fool you. I don't, no, no, I don't think so. He, he was up early this morning. Ava probably got up and took the clients out. <laughs> that, that'd be a tough one because uh, she'd probably want to shoot him herself. Probably. Are you going to take the shot? Are you going to take the Bang! You, you were too slow. <laughs> Yep. Kind of like uh, what you accused me of doing to my daughter. Well, you did. She didn't even have a gun. 
<clears throat> so anyway, you, what was I you talking even about? took the gun from her. Now the story's no! getting worse. Oh, uh, no, she had her twenty-two, and uh, the the forty-four was being lowered, and then I had to pull it back up again. Yeah, and then uh, I took a quick shot. Bang, boom, bang. It's done. It, the deed has been done. Wow. Uh, coming up on the next hour, I wanted to get into uh, some things that, of course, been coming out of the White House that uh, a lot of people are freaking out about and things like that. And uh, we'll talk into more in-depth of it next uh, hour for sure. So you want to stick around for that for sure. And if you want to call in and comment, uh, you, you're you more than welcome well, to do that as well. We were talking earlier about where the money goes. Have, have you heard anything about the state's budget this year? Uh, I did hear a number, but I don't remember what it was. It was a pretty, it was a pretty good number. Well, originally they were looking at a budget shortfall, and now they're they they got plenty of money. Yeah, it came know. up with a surplus. Yeah, come was, up with a surplus. You know, wasn't it like a hundred and but but this something? is a, this is the thing that kicks me is. You know, I've been pushing hard that the nuisance trappers who are alligators actually get paid. They, they, there's what's called a stipend for each alligator that they deal with and catch for the FWC. The FWC is supposed to pay them $30. That's the agreed on amount. Well, for years and years, they turn around and they run out of money where they pay the nuisance trapper from. And what they do is instead of saying, we don't need your services, they keep having these people go catch alligators, but stiff them. They stiff them on the money. But, I mean, they still make so, money on the alligator, don't they? I not mean, right now. There's there's not hardly any money in a nuisance alligator. Okay? Except for uh, meat and for meat. Uh, uh, hides meat. are pretty the, much, you know. Gone. Yeah. Okay. And and so by the time you have to go and drive four or five times to catch a four-foot alligator, because he's probably not even a nuisance in the first place, you, you've chewed up 30 bucks in gas easy. But last year pushed real hard, and FWC got some extra money put into their budget to help cover the cost of the nuisance alligators that they actually send these people out to get. Well, this year, both of the legislative branches cut that request out of FWC's budget. So we're going to go back into the same thing again where FWC is going to have to stiff them, which I don't know how they can legally do that because if, if you if – you, I, I go to the, the fact that you order desks for your office building and you need, you know, 500 desks and you only have money to pay for 400, but yet the vendor delivers the 500. How, how can you legally stiff them for 100? Because you decide there's not that much money in your budget. Yeah. And not only that, they're going to uh, take a lot of that stuff back. They're going to be like, but, wait, you're not getting all these desks. Now you're hearing that there's a surplus of money. And they're talking about, and, and my wife's a teacher, and I think teachers have had a hard time of it, but they're talking about giving people bonuses and, bonus. and, yeah. and money for doing their job that they've been doing, but yet we're well, they not. they haven't been doing. For our some teacher, of them. Our teachers have. Yeah. But if you turn around and you look at the nuisance trapper, you're doing your job, but we're not even going to pay you what we agreed to pay you. How does that work? Turn them loose. 
So now, now we have nuisance travelers actually looking to join associations and start getting a little bit more active. And I really hope, I really hope they get a little bit more organized because they have been, they've been stiffed oh, they can by go the back, state for years. They can go back to the old ways where, you know, you call the sheriff department and have them come out there and try to wrangle it and do, and then they kind of go, well, now what do we do with it? Yeah. <laughs> what, what do we, what do we do with it now that we've subdued this you, alligator? You can't even get a, a, a law enforcement officer from FWC to show show up when somebody shot a deer and it dies in your backyard. You know? Mess with an and, alligator and, and, and they'll show up. And you up. got a, a bolt sticking in your septic, you know, alarm system. What? You can't. What? Uh, that happened <laughs> around Christmas time. Well, I'm just saying mess with an alligator and it's a little bit different. Yeah. You know, they, they, they seem to treat that a lot differently. But I'm saying if you can't get an FWC, okay, yeah, you're going to send regular county or city law enforcement out there yeah like that's going to go well <laughs> yeah, the, okay the i know of an instance where they tried to do it and a guy got bit in the process and on top of that they were now you have an alligator that a was caught by somebody was bigger than the four foot that you are allowed to re-release they were going to take an alligator that the law enforcement caught had bit somebody, caused injury, and then they were going to go dump it somewhere else. Sure, why not? There's what's wrong with that, man? Got to get it out of the neighborhood. Yeah. Didn't they just find a ten footer under somebody's car the other day? That was out there hanging out. Right. That's always a good day. You go out there in the morning, you <clears throat> cup of coffee in one hand, and you hear that <laughs> come from underneath your car. That Hell, is, that is a eerie sound it is and uh that would be one of those frightening things where uh, first thing they do is they call the cops cops show up there with their hands on their hips and go i'm not gonna get on the ground with that thing um who do we call now call the fwc all right well then now call this guy and, and then a trapper shows up and uh what did you, we talked about it last week where you have trappers People that were calling them and going, and they're going, "Well, that one is too expensive to remove." And they're well, like, "What the hell that, are you talking?" That about? was not. There was a little snafu that was going on with the alligator snap program, the nuisance alligator program. Calls weren't getting to the right people. You had people answering questions that should not have been answering the questions. Um, there was a little bit of an issue, and and luckily that got worked through. But the thing is. If if those people didn't know the right people to call, what does the average citizen think of our programs? It, it, they give up. I had a guy last year give up. I mean, he tried and tried and tried. I even got to Snap, and I gave him the guy's telephone number, said, here's this guy. He's been trying to get a hold of you, okay? Because he had a nuisance alligator. He had an alligator that was coming up out of the yard, you know, and at them. They wouldn't even return his call. They would. I gave them the telephone number, and they would not call them. But see, th the bad thing about that is, and then it leads to somebody usually taking the law into their own hands. Well, I I called FWC up when with a mic thing. I said, "Listen, forget you ever heard the call. Just forget you ever got contacted. I'm going to go there. I'm going to sit there. If the thing makes a lunge at me, I'm going to shoot it." Who do you want me to call when I shoot it? 
Well, Bill, don't do that. And I was like, I don't want to do that. But do you see how ludicrous what we're going through is? You know? Yeah. Well, and even then, you were thinking of the legal channels after I shoot it. Who do I call? Yep. Where who do you... I call? Because I'm going to report the fact that I I was attacked and shot an alligator because, you know. I'm going to do what I got to do. But now, but what I'm saying is you have a lot of people who make those calls, who do it repeatedly, do all that kind of stuff. And then finally, they're like, you know what? Uh, you know, my brother-in-law said he'd come out here, he'd take care of it. So don't worry about it anymore. And then next thing you know, there's not a gator problem anymore. No. And, uh, you know, nobody knows what happened to it or where it went or what's going on. I think that uh, that's what we, we talked about when the bears, before the bear hunt. You had so many people that were up there around the Ocala area who were tired of uh, their kids not being able to go to the bus stop, getting their trash tore up, goats getting eaten up, chicken coops torn up, all that other stuff like that. We said here on the show, how many of those black bear who were nuisance that got reported, 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 then all of a sudden they stopped reporting on them anymore. You, you there wonder, wasn't a problem. I guess it moved on. You know where I have seen more bear sign than I have ever seen there in the past? The trailer park right there off of 41 in uh, what? Oh. Richland. Really? Bear tracks all over that management area. And the beehives. Are they pushing south from Ocala? Is that what they're doing? The beehives in there that they put out are tore up. Honeycombs spewed everywhere. Well, heck yeah, man. That's that's uh, that's uh, bringing them in. That's so I was going to go look for some FWC brochures on living with bears and hang them on all the destroyed beehives. <laughs> Here, this is what you need to know. Yeah. You know, put you some need chicken to secure, wire. Put some chicken wire around there, yeah. electric fence. That doesn't stop them. Electric fence doesn't stop them. You ever did see that video where they did the one where they electrified the deer carcass? I, 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 and, listen, uh, after I'm that just, bear, that bear tried four or five times, and then finally said, "You know what?" It got him so frustrated and so mad, he said, "The heck with it," and went in there, took the shock, grabbed it, pulled the wires out, of it, and off it went with the carcass. The electric only worked about two or three times before he went. You know what? I've had enough of this. Well, I'm taking it, and I'm going to take it, and I'm going to eat it. People have no clue what certain people have to deal with on those bears. and That's all right, because, you know, those people that live over there in North Miami, they care so much for them. Yeah, and, I think we should be they, releasing at least two or three in every county park. Sure, why not? Take them down to Miami and turn them loose. There's yep. plenty of stuff to run around out there in the Everglades. Plenty of room. Yeah. I'm if sure they if would there's a good there. fish kill, you know, come up, we can put some on the beach. Just let them help clean up the fish. Now, there's an idea. Yeah. Why aren't we bringing in black bears to clean up the beaches during red tide? Yeah, kind of like the salmon run. <laughs> Why didn't we think of this sooner? This is crazy. Grizzlies do it all the time for free. And we can have a contest to name them. Oh, and then we get that on and see who eats the most fish. Yeah. I'm taking Big Blackie right there because he looks like he hadn't eaten in a couple of days. Oh, look, he's going for the snook. Oh, that might fill him up. Oh, no. Oh, oh, oh. Snook's out of season. Executive order closure. Arrest the bear. <laughs> bear can't touch that one. You can eat that pinfish, though. <laughs> All right, we're taking a break. Top of the hour. We're going to talk guns when we come back. Yeah, we're going to talk about the big nasties. The guns. We come back for hour number three. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. We'll be back.